Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Goonies World. I am Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean, and with me, as always, is Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And also is the eponymous Goonie, also known as Colin. Hello there. And tonight we are back with a fifth episode of our GURPS Vikings game. We are playing the third edition of GURPS, which... I would. I think it's fair to call it like a rules medium to heavy uh, system, which is a little heavier than what we normally do. And we're doing a pretty good job of sticking to the rules as written. But as you figured out, if you've been listening, we will occasionally make in-the-moment rulings or fudge over some things just to keep things going. I want to thank Pound Sound UK and Svengvari for the music that we've been using in our GURPS Vikings episodes. So a quick recap. Our heroes, the mighty but fearful Thor Thorson and the mystical but delusional Umlaut Topnot, were driven out of Norway by Bolg the Bulge after they humiliated and beat the shit out of Bolg's nephews, uh, the jealous Thorolf Smoothtooth and Ingve Hump. In a home gang or a judicial duel, Thorolf had told some lies to King Harold Fairhair about our heroes because he resented that the girl Carrie was in love with Thor and one thing led to another and there was a family feud or a threatened family feud Thor and Umlaut left uh, Trondheim with Carrie and her brothers seeking a new life in a land Umlaut had uh, dreamed about he had a prophetic dream about so first they sailed to Zetland where they did battle with the Picts who killed Carrie's brother Sigerson and you took some livestock and uh, from them and then uh, you rescued a Christian monk, Brother Brendan, who was shipwrecked on the island of Faroyar. And together, you all sailed to Iceland, where you guys were taken in by the Viking Lord Ingolfer and asked to kill the monster Wendell, who had terrorized the Icelanders. However, Wendell proved too great a foe. He struck fear into the party, and he killed Brother Brendan and Carrie's brother Gunnar. And you guys were forced to flee, and Ingolfer sent you away in disgrace, although he let you keep the gifts he had given you. You know, he gave you some gold armbands and rings and uh, chainmail coats, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were sent away, and now you're once again uh, out sailing in the cold northern seas, seeking the land that Umlaut dreamed of. And will you find that new home? And or will you someday return to Norway and get revenge on Bolg the Bulge and Thorolf Smoothtooth and Ingve Hump? Only the Norns who guide the fate of men know for sure. Now, rumor has it that there's a land called Greenland to the west. And supposedly a Viking named Eric Thorvaldsen started a settlement there. and Maybe that's the land that Umlaut dreamed of. And travelers' tales say it's uh, some five days sailing to the west of Iceland, if those tales are true. But, you know, the mood is subdued. You've lost two of Carrie's brothers and, and fought a fairly terrible monster. And because you're a little shorthanded, both of you are obliged to do a lot of rowing. And even though Brother Brendan could be annoying, you find you miss his company occasionally. He was a cheerful fellow, if nothing else. But just to make sure that we're going in the right direction, let's go ahead and make navigation skill rolls. But take a plus three to the roll because 
it's a pretty easy route. You're just, as far as you know, you, if you just go straight west as best as you can, you should automatically run into the coast of this fabled Greenland at some point. So add three to whatever your target number would be and roll that or less on 3d6. Well, I rolled a seven, so... Oh, well, that's yeah, wonderful. I mm. got it. Well, well, that's great. So, like I say, kind of difficult to uh, kind of not screw that up, but so luckily you didn't. Now, even though you're going on the way and you feel confident about that, there's one other thing that might bother you a bit, but it's gotten really cold, and it's getting dark, too. I mean, it was not early in the day when you left Iceland. Uh, yeah, and when you left Iceland, it wasn't real early, and so it's getting dark. And there's a very long night falling. It's also gotten super cold just because of, uh, uh, you know, winter's coming and it's overcast and it's freezing water vapor. It's condensing on all the surfaces of the ship. And Carrie's brother Jurgen says, there's too much ice forming on the masts and the rigging. We could become top-heavy and capsized unless we can do something about this ice. Do you two have any ideas? Well, I don't have any ideas, I'm afraid. Well, yeah, I just honestly, I googled how did Vikings get ice off their rigging a ship, and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So I don't know how they did it. I figure I'd just leave this up to <laughs> your guys' ingenuity. Well, I was going to say maybe um, we'll have to. Uh, so there's no like sun out at all, or is there? Well, no, it's overcast. Mm. So I mean, there's a sun, but it's it's kind of a purpley sky at this point because it's getting on towards evening. We could concentrate the sun rays onto it or something. Didn't they used to navigate? There's like, thought it was maybe a myth, but then turned out to be possibly real. They had like some kind of stone. Uh, there was like a sunstone. Yeah. If they could look through navigate. it, it would help them see the the sun behind the. They, that was partially what they did. They also really paid a lot of attention to marine life. Yeah. And animals and whales and, and stuff like that. But, uh, uh... Yeah, I don't think it would act like yeah, a you, magnifying glass, though. And Probably not. Yeah, probably not. That was my but, uh, only idea. Other than fire, okay. you know, like make some torches or something and okay, try yeah. to get them close Let's, up to the mast as we can. Yeah, without setting the mast on fire, like kind of melt off, melt it off, <laughs> that or would something. Be okay, funny but terrible. Yeah, that would be. Well, I think that sounds, you know, fairly reasonable. Um, I ultimately, that's part of boating, right? Okay, this is going to be a boating role, but this is going to be tricky. I think you also, you know, it's a misty environment and everything, so I think it's tricky. I think this role should be a minus three. The last one was a plus three. That navigation role. I think this boating role should be a minus three. Okay. Now the only real failure is is going to be that it's going to make future boating rolls and navigation rolls a little trickier if you're all covered in ice. I figure you guys are used to being cold. You know, you've got furs and your Vikings, but you know, unless you fall into the water, cold probably won't be a problem. And here comes that boating roll. I can hear those dice. Eleven. Well. I do. I do believe that succeeds, right? It's underneath your boating skill. Oh, but with, with the, the minus, minus three. 
No, because it's a. I have a fourteen. Oh, lucky! N- nice. Okay, so you need an eleven or less. You got okay. right on what you needed. At first, you don't think it's going to work. You crawl up, but but you know, scampering up the mass and holding the torch next to the ice and maybe scraping it a little bit. You you know, it's a tough evening, but you manage to get the worst of the ice scraped off. But despite this buildup of ice, it's actually very calm. It's almost too calm. And you can see some icebergs floating to the north. And there are some other chunks of ice floating around in the water. Nothing big enough to do a lot of damage to your drakkar. But in the distance, you can see whales occasionally surface. And you can hear seabirds and occasionally see them flying west. So you know you're on the right track. But once it's dark and the ship's lanterns are lit... Carrie leans her head against your chest, Thor, and says, Thor, what will our life be like in the new land? Well, I can't say that I know. I do not, uh, I do not know. I, I don't know anything about this uh, new land. Um, I think Umlaut might know more than I do. But will you build a house, a fine and strong house? Well, of course. I've, I've rebuilt... A house is as good of a house as I possibly can. And will you, will you be happy if we have many fine sons, strong young boys, come bursting forth from my womb? Yes, I think so. I will train yeah. them up to be warriors, great warriors. That is great news because Thor, I have. Something to tell you, she says, as she takes your right hand and she guides your hand, her, your hand down to rest upon her, her belly. Do you know what I am trying to tell you, Fat. my mighty Thor? Um, <laughs> did you eat the breakfast? Are you hungry? <laughs> Thor, you are going to be a father. Your seed grows inside me. Thor, Thor's son, son. Grows inside me. <laughs> but what? What if it? What if it is? What if it is a female? Well, then we will just leave it out in the wilderness to die. No, she doesn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> Which is possibly what you know would have happened. But uh, uh, no, my heart tells me. My heart tells me. Freya has spoken to me in dreams. She tells me I know it is a son, a fine son. So we we must find a place for him, but it will be many many moons before. I mean, she doesn't even show right now, you know. So, anyway, but it's all it's so important. And Jurgen, of course, knows this already. Jurgen is her brother that's still alive. I mean, she's got like several still alive, but I don't really name one till they die. But this guy got a name. Gunner had a name before he died. But Jurgen says, uh, "Umlaut." You said you saw men in this land you dreamed of in your dream. How do you know that these men will welcome us? Well, um, I don't, but they were naked men, so maybe that uh, is a sign that we will be welcome. Um, Because, you know, if they were warriors, you know, they'd be clad in... In armor, perhaps, you know, if they're naked, that maybe that means they're peaceful people. 
Because I just like to Maybe. party. And you know, we will be welcome to the party. Maybe they are berserkers. And they take on the forms of wolves or bears. Who despite their, despite their furry skin are in fact naked. But, you know, if the new land is full of dangers, might those dangers be greater than the danger of the sword of Bolg the Bulge or the lies of Smooth Tooth? Do you think we'll ever return to Norway, Thor? We must return to Norway, to Norveg. Yes. Well, I don't know. Well, I re- think maybe um, we will find this land to be very prosperous and we will not to be like a paradise and we will want to settle down there and we will forget all about our home troubles and we will not even remember the name of Bulg the Bulge and uh, we will live happily ever after happily ever after echoes Carrie and now, through the cloud cover, now you can see the muted lights of the aurora. I mean, you can't actually see the details of it, but you can see through the cloud cover, there's flickering lights above it. And, Umlaut, you can hear some strange cries in the distance. They're like deep, low moans that echo and reverberate like gentle thunder, but they're voices. It doesn't appear that Thor or the others can hear it, but... You suddenly look over and Brother Brendan is standing next to you. Of course, he's all holographic and semi-transparent like a force ghost. And he said, do you not hear the sounds, my brother? I do. Tis the keening of the storm giants. They're calling up a storm. If they're calling a terrible storm, you'd you'd best be wary, brother. Would you not be baptized and become a follower of Christ? He will protect you from even the fiercest of tempests. You are very tempting because I see you have some sort of afterlife here. Oh, yes. Life eternal, brother. But I think uh, I am not quite ready to pledge myself to your God. I must... Maybe when we get to the new land, I will settle down and I will uh, devote myself, but... For now, I must trust upon the, the gods that I've always relied on. During this uh, troubling time with this storm coming in, I have to pray to uh, Zeus. No, uh, I pray to <laughs> Thor. <laughs> Not Zeus. Thor and, o- and Odin. Well, I suppose it doesn't hurt to keep one's options open, says Brendan. The real Brendan alive would have never said that but anyway the rest of the night though there may be signs of a storm coming in and there may not but the rest of the night passes without incident and when dawn breaks it's it's still overcast but the clouds instead of just that kind of uniform beige you know off white you know cloud cover the clouds have become sort of large and puffy and Suddenly, right next to you guys, it's a little startling. This humpback whale surface is fairly close to you, and you're all showered <laughs> with spray as it clears its blowhole. And when it lunges back into the water, this wave hits the side of your boat, and the, the boat rocks back and forth in the water. 
And then others surface nearby. It appears you've sailed right into an area where the humpback whales are, are feeding. And I like to think, for those of us who have listened to the first Spy Game episodes we did, there was an underwater base somewhere around Iceland oh, yeah. and Humpback Whale. I decided this is that same spot, you know, just, just you know, 800 years mm-hmm. before. But uh, anyway, as you realize that you've gone right into the, the feeding, I don't want to say feeding ground, but feeding area of these humpback whales, <laughs> suddenly the, your boat lurches and it tilts to stern and starboard at the same time as a whale bumps the bottom of your keel, not aggressively, right, but just from sailing by, bump. Everybody make dex rolls quick. Avoid getting knocked overboard. You want to roll your dexterity or less. Uh, if you wanted to substitute climbing or acrobatics, you could, but I don't think any of you have climbing skills that are any better than your decks, I don't think. It's exactly the same as my decks. So. Yeah. So, uh, I'm rolling for Carrie. Oh, shit. Carrie, Carrie. Uh, Carrie has rolled a 17. She's going to slide right off that boat and go into the water. I'm um, only going to roll once for the 10 of Carrie's brothers. I don't want to sit here and roll the dice 10 times. Uh, but if I fail, then, which I do... I'm going to roll like one dice worth of them fall over and my god that's a six so six of them fall into the water as well and uh, so how about you guys I I got a 12 which is right on it alright Thor's tree trunk like legs keep him solid solidly affixed to the deck what about you I passed well that's great because your friends are going to need you uh, I'm assuming there's no question about whether or not we're going to try to to uh, rescue Carrie. I mean, she just slid down the deck and pitches right into the water. Not my responsibility. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, it's absolutely seriously cold water, you know. And even though you guys don't think of it in these terms, the problem with being in this water is not so much freezing, it's like thermal shock. Yeah, your body uh, gets the, numb, your muscles can't Yeah, move. And the water's actually below freezing. It's just got so much salt content in it, you know, that it's it's still liquid. But um, for one thing Carrie has to do first is she's got to make a health roll. Um, and she has missed by one. So she is actually going to lose one point of fatigue. She loses a point of fatigue for each, you know, point she failed by. If you succeed, you lose a point of fatigue, too. Um, Carrie's brothers collectively do not... They lose one point of fatigue because they make their health roll. And Carrie also has to make a swimming roll, which is not good. And she... Loses five more points of fatigue. She's got like four points of fatigue before she's unconscious. This is before you have a chance to do anything. So, Thor, what do you want to do? Well, um, what does swimming uh, default to? Because uh, Thor does not know how to swim. Swimming defaults to your choice between strength minus five or strength minus five or dex minus four. <laughs> oh, shit. Neither um, of those is going to be great, but I just one is going to be 10. And, go ahead. I, I just realized that I do have swimming, um, but, um, you know, if you drown, if you start to drown, then he would definitely jump in after 
He might have to well, jump strength, in before. Strength minus five is ten, and Dex minus four is eight. So we're going with strength minus five. Yeah, yeah. You got a better than 50-50 chance here. Oh, and I rolled a seven. Oh. Hey, there you go. Well, and it's almost like the Norns faded you for this, right? Your, your woman and your unborn child are drowning in the water. You can see, I mean, she's like spitting up water. She's barely able to, to keep up. So We're just going to leave the, the fate of Carrie's brothers aside for now, but go ahead. How high off the surface of the water is the deck of the boat? It's not very it's not very high up. I mean, I don't know exactly, but I've looked at plenty of pictures of Viking ships and they're not you know, they're not huge. They were fairly There's, they're long but you not, know, you know, super tall. Yeah, they're they're long but they're not super tall. So In that case I he might briefly hesitate, but not more than just a fraction of a second before he jumps in. Okay. Yeah. Oh say like uh, uh, so well, the, how did the reindeer get on the deck? And just to give him some, <laughs> some motivation to jump away from the reindeer. Okay. Well, now, to save her life, that's a swimming roll at minus five, which would be five. But it's plus or minus the difference in strength between you and her. So because of those differences in your relative strengths... You would actually do this at a plus one, which would be 11 or less. And uh, as you try to just rescue Carrie and, you know, get your arms up under her and lift her out of the water and kick your way back to the boat. That's going to be another seven. Okay, that's great. So she's spitting up water. You grab her. You kick her back over to the boat. Uh, I almost forgot, though, when you jump into the water... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thor, you need to make a health roll just for the thermal shock. If you succeed, you gain a point of fatigue. And if I fail? Oops. And, and if you fail, you'll take a number of fatigue equal to the, the difference of, uh, you know, of how many points you failed by. That's how many fatigue you'll take. As we explore obscure rules from GURPS Compendium 2 about falling into freezing water. And cue the dice on the floor music. Cue the dice on the floor music as Ryan chases his dice onto the floor. Meanwhile, while he's chasing the dice onto the floor, Omlaut, did you want to do anything about want to carry six brothers who are in the water? <sighs> yeah, I guess I need them. Uh, but yeah, obviously, yeah, you gotta I, mean, have to, I, I can only do like one at a time. Um, you can only do one at a time, and. Like I say, maybe all six shouldn't have fallen in. That might have been bad luck. Like I say, I didn't even give them each individually a chance to stop themselves from falling in. I just decided if they made a collective failure, then one dice worth of them would fall in. But nevertheless, that is how the Norns have spoken. So if you want to jump into the water, let's go ahead and get that health roll out of the way for Omlaut. All right. Remind me I take one fatigue, by the way. Okay, good, good. One fatigue. Remind me again what do I need to roll for health? You, just health? You roll... Th- it's just... It's it's HT okay. on your character sheet. It's just one of your four major stats. You roll that or less. Yeah. All right. Oh, I got it. Eight. 
Okay, well, you take a point of fatigue. And that's Fatigue is equal to your strength. Just make a note that you've taken one point of fatigue. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, so go ahead and make a swimming roll at minus five, but with the difference between your strength and his, there actually is no difference. So it's just a minus five. See, like in, in Thor's case, it was much easier for him to save somebody who's much, much, much lighter, you know, and weaker than him. Yeah. But this guy's about... Your size, if not a little bigger, but you guys have equal strength. Okay, I need to get a nine or under. Nine or under. I don't. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm afraid you're unable to to save that guy. Uh, well, I'm going to name him Mopsy. That's like <laughs> the worst Viking name ever. But this is the first thing that popped in my head is Mopsy. And, well, if it's Mopsy with an I, that's a little bit more... <laughs> You know, like snorry or yeah. bulky, or but uh, yeah. So Mopsy, no. Mopsy's like blub 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 blub. blub, blub you know, uh, he's uh, he's gonna fight on for a minute, but you know, you got to make these rolls like every, you know, all the time when you're in the water. So uh, <clears throat> I I think I'm going to actually take a few minutes and roll some dice here. I feel like each of them should have a decent chance. But three of them have made... They've only taken... They all had originally just taken the one fatigue. Uh, I made swimming rolls. For three of those guys have gotten back to where they could grab onto the shields, you know, that line the side of your dracar and pull themselves up. But but Mopsy is is still in the water. Mopsy's still in the water, and uh, so is... Uh, Balky and Snorri, the two names I said earlier. Let's just make those be the three guys. Balky and Snorri and Mopsy are still in the water. Now, you only have to make that that uh, health roll to avoid fatigue once every minute. That's like 60 derps turns, you know, so you're probably okay. But you got if you'd like to make another swimming roll to try to get, this, get Mopsy out at least, you can go for it. And I won't give up on you, Mopsy. I can't reach your hand. And, uh, oh my god, oh my god. Mopsy just made a critical failure on a swimming roll. I have the dreaded GURPS 666. And I'm afraid we can only interpret that one way, friends. Mopsy going to swallow up a bunch of water and, and, and be pulled down into the depths. But. But uh, I know it's terribly sad, but I think uh, I think we should go ahead and let Snorri and Balky uh, go ahead and make there. There's a good sno- swimming roll for Snorri and one more for Balky. Both of those both of those are less than ten, so we're gonna say those guys climb up. Yeah, those uh, those rules are all in the GURPS compendium, and some of the rules for, for drowning and swimming are in the main GURPS books, but we hit most of those, although GURPS aficionados will know we didn't hit every single detail of that. Nevertheless, the you know, you're not hit again by whale. Whales were actually kind of a danger. They would very rarely, like, attack boats on purpose, but they would bump into them occasionally, and that's what happened. So... Once again, another of Carrie's brothers, poor Mopsy, has joined 
And unfortunately, this is not going to be a Valhalla. You don't see the Valkyrie umlaut come to take his soul to Valhalla. Because he did not die in battle. And you all know that if you're going to die, you want to die by the sword. So, anyway... He's going anyway, to, so uh, maybe he will go to hell, uh, H-E, single hockey stick. Hell, H-E, single hockey stick. Yeah, and I think there's another place, too. I don't think it's called Valhalla. There's, like, another place where they could go. But, uh, you know, but anyway, he won't be in Valhalla. Now, luckily, the pot of whales moves on, and the rest of the day passes without, without incident, except for... You know, great mourning amongst Carrie and her brothers for the sad fate, the watery fate of Mopsy. But that night, the calm ends. And the wind picks up. And with a sudden change of direction. So it's now actually blowing from the northeast, you know, pushing you southwest. And the clouds all too quickly darken. This really terrible shade of deep purple. And Umlaut, you look up into the sky, and you can see the great god Thor up there, and he swings his mighty hammer. And there's this blinding flash of lightning and a deafening crack of thunder, and suddenly just thick, thick sheets of rain start lashing down. And the wind is so fierce that the rain almost... It's like it's falling sideways, right? And it stings. It's a terrible situation. The ship's pitching and and rolling. Do you guys take any precautions you might think of based on your experiences earlier in the day and your pitching and rolling ship? Like tie tie ourselves down, possibly, and carry. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Thor? I mean, Thor is pretty dumb. He's just he's rowing. He's just gonna, you know. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I assume he was like, you know, grabbing on the oars with his hands. He's going to um, wrap himself around one of the oars and row with his feet, like by standing up and sitting down and standing up and sitting down. <laughs> okay. Well, he's certainly going to get. He's going to exercise his core that way for certainly, you know, and his and his thighs. And by hey, rowing is great exercise, and you're going to get plenty of that. Umlaut, are you tying yourself down, lashing yourself to the boat? Yes. Okay, what about Carrie? You're going to do that too, since you had mentioned her, and you can see Thor is certainly occupied. Yeah, I'll uh, tie her up, leave a little okay. space for her belly, which I know okay. it's not showing just, yet, but... Uh, just in case. No, just psychologically, yeah. yeah. All right, well, it's a rough couple hours, and this has gone way beyond a simple boating roll. Okay, you're going to need all the seamanship you can muster. So, in GURPS terms, this storm has an intensity of six, which is like four less than a hurricane, by the way. That's how bad it is. So you need to make seamanship rolls at minus six. The problem is you don't have the seamanship skill, either of you. And it defaults to IQ minus four. So if you think about the IQ minus four and then take six off of that, the only way you succeed is with a critical success on these seamanship rolls. And I think you should both have a chance to, to make it. And I'm actually literally going to roll the dice, well, I guess, eight times 
for Carrie's brothers just to see if any of them have a critical success as everyone does whatever they can do to try to ride out this storm. But even though I got those triple sixes earlier, I'm getting no triple ones, which is what we want. And, well, what do you guys think? Are any of you have the... <sighs> and you could use your luck if you think, statistically speaking, you got three tries, you know, you have the luck advantage, both of you. Or you can make up to three rolls and pick the best one. But your chances of actually getting yeah. a, a, a three, uh, the probability of success is actually 0.5%. It's like much, much less than in a D20-based system. All right, Thor, not you, the god. Thor, you must... You must protect me. Here I go. No. No. What about you, Thor? You want to give it a shot? Um, And I'm saying this is like a collective effort. You guys are all trying to do what you can at the same time. And if anybody gets a critical success, it's okay. I don't think anybody's going to get a critical success, but I, I suppose we can. Um, well, there's a 0.5% chance. Well, then it. the chance is different. I mean, each individual roll will be that. So we have to, assuming we're making six rolls, that will be some other. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, right, right. But I uh, know that is going to be six, a uh, ten. Which it will not do. It will not do. It will not do. Um, yeah, the prospects of making it were always pretty slim. Once I realized you didn't have the seamanship skill, and I read the rules for storms in the helpful GURPS Vikings book. And what follows is the worst sixteen hours you have ever spent in your entire lives as the storm rages unabated. Your ship spirals and. Sp- Spins and goes up and down these huge troughs of waves. And several hours in, yes. Before we narrate all this, do we want to finish rolling this? Because we've each rolled once. We can each roll three times. We can. There's some chance. Oh, we please, can get it. please. I absolutely, please do. I don't think it's because we don't want likely, to. But you might as well. This is it for the night. You only get it one hour of game time. So, right? if we take our luck do we get an additional three or just three in total counting the one we just three total and you pick the best one but you never okay. know I mean I just rolled 666 earlier I mean somebody could roll a 111 well I rolled a 10 a 13 and a 13 so <laughs> not a three in any of my rolls unfortunately okay, now, okay. I will I will employ employ what is the name of brother Brendan's God what did he say was his um, Christ Jesus, he says. He's standing right there next to you, although he's not pitching and rolling. He looks like he's having a fine time. And if you had given up your your life for him, you would not be in this position now, he says to you. Shut up. Perhaps you should call on Christ instead of Thor. I'm going to. I will see if... <laughs> if you actually happen to roll it now, I'm going to freak well, out. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, all our listeners are going to become Christians. Yeah, I will become a Christian. I'm (laughs) (laughs) if I (laughs) rule three ones. Okay. No, I almost rolled three sixes. (laughs) 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 So yeah, begin worshiping Satan would be fine. So yeah, you guys. So yeah, it, it does in fact end up being the worst sixteen hours of your entire lives and. 
Again, your ship's spiraling around and spinning. If you can just picture this, you know, and the waves are like two or three stories high. You're going up and down them. You're barely able to even everybody stay on the thing. The ship's taking terrible structural damage. Now, there are dice I could roll and stats for the ship to, you know, really see how well it holds up. But it's also appropriate to handle it narratively. Uh, however, about six hours in, the most delicate part of the ship when it's going to take damage in a situation like this is the mast. And a few hours in, the mast just snaps off. It snaps off, falls to the gr- to the to the deck, and rolls off. And the sail goes with it. And you know, uh, people get tangled up in the the rigging and the ropes. But since everybody's tied on except for Thor, I don't think anyone else is going to get swept in the water. And you guys do the best you can under all those circumstances. But a few hours later, the keel snaps off. I mean, not the keel, the uh, the rudder snaps off from the back. And oh, so it is awful. You're rudderless. And uh, just before it's completely dark, through the storm, you can actually see this huge looming shadow of land in the north, but you've got no way of getting up that side. And you have the terrible feeling you're just blowing right past Greenland in this terrible storm. Um, The good news is, though, the wind is blowing in more or less the same direction, and you are being pushed to the southwest. But all night the storm rages while you guys bail water and try to keep what remains of the ship together. And by dawn the next day, the gales die down, and the rain trickles out, and it thickens into a mist, a really heavy mist, and it's deep, deep, calm takes over and you can hear some birds they're actually ravens you know the familiars of Odin and Umlaut you can hear the ravens calling out to you and they're saying near the shore 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 and after a few hours and of course you were probably just laying there exhausted most of you but after a few hours I think we have to assume uh, you guys did remember you got some pigs and sheep uh, that you looted out of Zetland. I think we can assume just maybe one of those animals has managed to stay on board during all that. So you still got a great big fat pig and you still got your barrels. We can assume your barrels are lashed down. But uh, if it's true that you're near the shore and after a few hours you actually can hear water lapping against a rocky beach. And then looming up out of the mists, you see a shoreline. It's a pebbly beach with large boulders laying on the beach. And there's a forest of towering trees beyond it. It's a primordial, ancient forest. The trees are covered with huge beards of moss. The temperature's actually risen, too. And it's above freezing now a little bit. And when you see these trees, Umar... You realize this is the this is the land you you this dreamed of. This is it. The trees match. This is the land I have dreamt of, dreamt of. We are near the shore. The ravens tell us. Thank the gods, says Jurgen. This ship is terribly damaged. There's no going back to Norway now without serious repairs. But we could barely maneuver this ship enough to beach it. 
but but beach it you do and i can imagine you just exhausted you know crawling onto shore and i'm sure you probably just lie there <laughs> for a while we have angered um, angered thor so greatly that he raised all was it just one night or was it, it, it was a long it was like 16 hours yeah. it was like a day part of a day and a night but yeah for it's like a terrible day and a night thor the god was angry we are lucky to survive that. Perhaps Thor was, it, was so, angry that you worshipped that, that fake Christ Jesus. Well, he was angry before that. I only... <laughs> but I'm thinking that made me piss him off even more is what I'm saying. Perhaps, but uh, I don't know. I think I am interested in finding the natives of this land and finding out what gods they worship. Maybe those gods will look more favorably to us. Well, you do have an animal you can eat still, and you probably want to find like a good camping place. You know, right here where there's no fresh water on a rocky beach is really not the best spot. You feel pretty exposed. If you want to take an hour or so and make a naturalist or survival role to find a good place to camp... Um, yeah, so feel free to do roll. that. Survival. Oh yeah. And meanwhile, so. Carrie and her brothers, meanwhile, to start scavenging, you know, getting whatever they can from the ship, you know, that's useful. And I have succeeded. Oh, great. Well, actually, a bit to the south, there's the mouth of a small river. Not uh, really, more like a large creek, you know. But there's a mouth, a river mouth there, and you can see the remains of campfires, actually. People have been here. It's a really, really good fishing spot. And there's also some scat from large dogs, like uh, a lot like the dogs you have domesticated back home in Norvegia. And there is fresh water here, so it's a great place to make a camp if you'd like to. Thor? Thor is <clears throat> going to preoccupy himself um, with checking... What season is it, by the way? Well, it's a uh, winter is coming. That's what season it is. So, so fallish, fall. yeah, yeah. So Thor is going to, um, seeing that there's you know these sort of remnants of fires and dog shit and whatever, um, he's going to search around for deer tracks and signs of deer activity in the area, like rubs and scrapes on trees and stuff. Well, it's probably something he's worried about since he's kind of afraid of deer. Very much. <clears throat> I also want to correct myself because uh, I probably have to go back and listen for sure, but I'm pretty sure I said that maybe winter was ending, you know, in our very first episode or something like that. There was a long, long winter. But, hey, you're on the other side of the world now. Maybe maybe it's different here. Who knows? But <laughs> you're in Australia and winter's <laughs> coming. No. <laughs> it really went a long way. Um. No, um, it's it's still, like, cold, right? But, yeah, deer would certainly be around. You don't even need to make a naturalist roll for that, Thor. The deer are aplenty in this land. In fact, much to your horror, the land appears to be teeming with deer. Big, healthy deer. Not reindeer, per se, but the different types of tracks. It's a slightly different track and 
different scat, different rubbings. And f- I, you know, he I think he would make note that they are smaller than reindeer by a significant. I think he would be able to tell. margin, oh, yeah. but that doesn't really change his attitude um, about them. Probably so be he's elk, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they're how uh, what the size difference is with elk and reindeer. But um, well, the ones the ones that I know are right here are definitely deer. Okay, that we they're like what we would picture. Just deer, is. yeah. Which are smaller? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I'll assume you get the camp made. Yeah. Thor preoccupied taking. I think elk are more ahead. out west, right? Like might be. We're we're, we're oh, yeah. Presumably we're in about right. Like Newfoundland type area, right? Yes, yes, somewhere in there. You're on an unidentified island in the Newfoundland, Labrador-esque sort of area. You guys don't know that, but, you know, that's where you are. Yeah, I would think that's going to be mostly more like either moose, which would be terrifying for, <laughs> for, for Thor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, Thank you for the idea. But. And or, uh, I don't know if Whitetail ranged that far north or not, but anyway. There's definitely Cervidae in the area. There are Servidae in the area. It is Servidaceous country. Yes. So, anyway, I'm assuming you go ahead and cook up your pork, right? And, and eat, and you eat, drink your fresh water, and you get a fire going and make camp uh, there against the bubbling river. And maybe you're even thinking about going fishing, you know, because you can see good sized fish in those waters. But while you're sitting there, you, you hear this whizzing sound, and suddenly, Jurgen is hit! With a seven, roll a seven. You're gonna hit with an arrow that comes flying out of the forest, and see, roll a four damage, so doubled because that's an impaling weapon. Jurgen takes eight points of damage, and he cries out. And suddenly, there's this chorus. I have a horrifying sound. There's this chorus of whoops and wails and high-pitched, demonic-sounding war cries. And from the edge of the forest, uh, more arrows come flying out from the trees. And Thor, you are missed by an arrow. Umlaut, you are missed by an arrow. I'm going to roll some dice real quick here for Carrie's brothers. And uh-oh, Balky is hit by an arrow. Make a note that Balky's hit. Okay. And he's going to take... Well, six points of damage. And, you know, no one fires at Carry. And the rest of the brothers... Actually, these are not, you know, the world's best natives. Because uh, there's a, a shower of arrows and Jurgen and Balky are hit. And then with his screaming war cries, these strange folk just erupt out of the woods. Their heads are shaved bald, except for like a long bit in the back. Like they've got like a long, instead of a top knot, it's like a back knot, you know, and it stretches off down in a long braid. And they're wearing like capes, sort of, or cloaks of reddish deer skins and leggings, but they're mostly naked. And their faces, their whole bodies actually are covered with like red ochre. And they have black stripes painted across their eyes. And some feathers not sticking up in their hair, but kind of hanging from the... The, the long bit of hair in the back. And they just storm towards you with brandishing what you can only think of as war clubs. 
There's a half dozen of them who have come out of the forest, but you feel like there are more in the forest. Carrie's brothers all surround her, you know, like just getting a lockstep around her. And four of these strangers rush in and attack that cluster. And that fight there, I'm going to handle, you know, with a quick contest. Uh, but two of the big ones square off with the two of you come running in. And a, a battle takes place along the banks of the river. And Umlaut, you will go first. What do you do? Okay, well, it seems that uh, even Thor cannot argue that uh, we need, we can be, they can be reasoned with. Oh, surely I can reason. <laughs> oh, I stand corrected. Uh, not at least, not for a round or two, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you might have to make them respect you first. Yes, uh, I will show them that we are not to be trifled with. They are great warriors, and uh, I will just roll to attack them. My broadsword. Yeah. They are, like, in melee range now. Oh, yeah, yeah, they rushed up, and they weren't that. I mean, the forest wasn't that far away to begin with. Okay. But, yeah, here comes the broadsword. And, and he's trying to intimidate you. He, he's, again, making this high-pitched scream. Okay, and I got a 10 to hit. Oh, that's certainly going to hit. That's certainly gonna, He's going to try to dodge, though. He can dodge with a 6, but he does not roll a 6, so... He misses that. He can't dodge out of the way of your broadsword. And I will swing. My for damage, I it will be swinging. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five. Okay, so really, with uh, that's going to be seven because you've uh, got some cutting damage yeah. there. So he. That is a fairly significant wound on him. He doesn't have any DR to speak of, you know, uh, damage resistance. So he's not soaking anything. He's not wearing any armor the way you guys are. And uh, actually, Thor, no, they go and then Thor goes. So that guy uh, with the war club, he just swings like right, trying to brain you. He's actually... Uh, uh, misses you though misses you by two points so uh, you can feel that war club just whiz right by your head Thor meanwhile the guy who's come up on you he uh hit if he had rolled one more he would he's right on it so he's gonna roll 1d3 crushing damage one or 1d plus three crushing damage and he gets eight but that's crushing damage there's no multipliers it's just straight up eight and of course you can Subtract your DR. Don't forget you've got that but I, male but coat But I can parry now. it. Can't I? That's true. You can parry it. Absolutely. You can dodge or parry. Don't let me forget you to, to let you do that. Well, I rolled a four to parry it, so. Well, <laughs> you just knock it right out of the way. Congratulations. And now it's your turn. Well, I was going to attempt to reason with them, but given that they attacked me first, uh, that that's going to in- invoke your bad, bad temper. temper. Yeah. Bad temper disadvantage. And he's going to roll a nine to hit. Which uh, a nine will certainly hit. Let me see if he can dodge it. He doesn't. So it's kind of hard to roll a six or less. Two D plus three. Ooh. Uh, 
14. Yeah, he's uh, falls to the ground with a huge slash right through him, makes his health roll, and does not make it. He's he's dead, or effectively dead. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my quick contest for uh, broadswords versus war clubs for Carrie's brother, and kind of taking a, a a page from the mass battles playbook. Like whoever loses will take. You know, the damage, the losing side will take the damage. And it looks like they are native friends. We'll just call them Skraelings, because that's what the Vikings called them. The Skraelings actually take damage. Every single one of them takes damage. But then six more come out of the forest behind them, along with a guy who looks different. And Umlaut, you you just have a feeling for this guy, an affinity for him. He's He's actually covered in blue, not red. It's like a chalky substance. It's actually copper ore and duck manure, but you guys don't realize that. Uh, but Brother Brendan is standing next to you in the battle umlaut, and he goes, Look at him. That must be a holy man. Since you are beloved of the gods, you should try to talk to him. Yes. I hear you, Brother Brendan. Yeah. And you guys are... You guys have done very well in the first round of battle but you have the sinking feeling that there are many more of them you know coming out do you want to try to say something to this holy man if in fact that's what he is either one of you really only you're the only one that had that conversation with Brandon obviously umlaut yeah it was I lost <laughs> what I could say, but um, I will um, attempt. Yeah, never a chance. Yeah, never a chance to write a speech. I, I'm, I'm, I would love to use the GURPS NPC reactions table here. So, so, uh, what would you say? I can give a bonus for good role playing on this table. I would say, uh, halt! We come in peace. We have been brought here by a vision. I can see that being something that they could buy into or respect. So, hey, roll three dice, okay, and add them up. You're not trying to get lower. Really, you want higher. You're going for the highest number you can here on this NPC reaction table. But because you mentioned a vision, I'd like you to go ahead and give yourself a plus three on this. Again, that's, you just stumbled onto something that he would understand. Twelve. Okay, well, that's that's a neutral reaction. It's enough that they're going to at least stop, especially once more of them come. No one else wants to go up and attack Thor after one guy runs up to him and gets basically chopped in half, right? So it's kind of like this tense standoff type situation. Carrie's brothers have cut up some of them, but there's a lot more of them. There's this, you know, but the guy holds up his hand, the guy you spoke to, the guy in blue. And to your surprise, he speaks in your language. It's just very stilted and halted. But he uh, holds up his hand and he walks close. He goes, I am Tumathuk. I must know do you come for vengeance no we have not come for vengeance we have we have hmm. come to 
escape vengeance. Ah, he nods. He says, two winter ago, Northman, come here. There was battle. Several Beothuks, the Beothuks, you gather his people, were killed. And the Beothuks killed Northmen in return. Some sail away on big war canoe. He gestures. Well, your beach boat isn't near here. But the Beothuks capture one Northman. And Tumathok, he touches his chest, talk to him and learn language. We share lore, but he casts spell on us for many Beothuks get sick. So we burned him and ate him. Uh-oh. <laughs> As if that's just the most normal thing in the world yeah. to do. Yeah. So, we have always looked off. to the time. Yes, we have always looked to time when the Northmen would return for vengeance. We thought this why you are here. But if you are not here for blood, why are you here? You, you escape vengeance? Well, we, <clears throat> we angered some other people who wanted to do us harm. And I had a vision of this new land. I saw you in my dreams. And uh. we, we were fortunate enough to find this place after a dangerous storm. We were guided here to this land. Yes, we were exiled by our king. Ah... Uh. I see. Well, the sun and the moon have led you here. Uh, Is that who you worship? The sun and the moon? The sun, the moon, all the animals, all the plants, all the rocks, they are alive. And, uh, how you say, imbued with spirit. But what gods do you worship? The sun and the moon. The sun. They are gods. Well, yes, they are gods. Wasn't this Christ Jesus that your guy was talking about? Wasn't he the sun? <laughs> he did mention the sun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately for once, Brendan's ghost is not around. To clarify. To offer clarification. <laughs> yeah, offer clarification. But uh, you will come with us, and we shall have a feast of friendship. Yes, we will have a Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we no. I, sun and moon brought you here for a reason, and you will tell us of your gods. And he, he, if you decide to go with him, he, he leads you guys uh, back, uh, not too far away actually, to a small village of these like cone-shaped wooden houses that are covered with birch bark, and everyone comes out to stare at you, and a women just. Almost mob carry. I mean, you got you and her brother's Thor kind of stand around a little bit protectively. They're not mobbing or anger, but they're all ooing and eyeing over her. And a lot of people are reaching out, touching her blonde hair. And a lot of the men are like pulling on your beards, you guys, to see if they come out. And because none of these guys have beards. And Tumathok says, Now for our feast of friendship. But I must ask you, when will you decide to leave? As they're preparing some food and. He's found a place for you guys all to sit out around the main central fire. Well, that is undecided. Hmm. You will need a place to live. Not enough room here. 
Yes, we cannot leave until we repair our ship. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, well, we welcome you to live here. You will help us in our battles against the Micmac. Well, we certainly are no stranger to battle. But mm. if we mm. can talk things out with them instead, that would be preferable. Ah, uh, there is no talking with the Micmac. But there is a good place here for you to settle where you can plant grain and corn. It is three days travel to the west, but there is a curse on that spot. Because many winters ago, there was a wicked warrior, Naguahe, and he slew his brother in that spot. And in his wickedness, he was transformed into the naked bear. You notice how his Eng- his Norse has gotten so much better since he first started talking. Uh, I-, I had to get back into practice. Uh, now that I hear you, I remember all the conjunctions. And uh, <laughs> So if you wish to settle in these lands and be our friends and help us fight the Micmac, and we will give you wives, first you must kill Nyagwahe, the naked bear. But I have no doubt that powerful warriors with magical weapon and metal skin will kill the horrible Nyagwahe. Surely you have experience fighting terrible monsters, yes? Well, we have experience getting our asses kicked by <laughs> terrible monsters, but this will go differently, I'm sure. Yes, it's experience, mm-hmm. uh, nonetheless. It will all help. And by the way, Carrie, how many wives can I have? <laughs> she gives you a look that would <laughs> spoil fresh milk. Uh, I've already got one, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can see they're quite free with their own wives, and there's, you know, they're all out hanging around all your Vikings. And uh, uh, now, tomorrow, after tonight, we feast and smoke the pipe of friendship. Uh, I will take you to the western meadow. And you can see Nagwahe for yourself. But tonight you will have wives for your comfort. And you, Thor Thorson, will give your wife to Tumatak, he says. And Brother Brendan suddenly appears next to you, Umlaut, and he goes, I think there's going to be trouble. And I think that's where we'll go ahead and stop. I was going to ask for tonight. If, they, if that feast they were preparing uh, is, <laughs> if they still have some of the. Uh, Norse, you know, the Northmen left. No, they, they ate them a long time ago. And it's my understanding that cannibalism was not like an everyday thing. It was part of a ritual yeah. of defeating one's enemy and, and all that. But, uh, we'll, this is probably just a little sno- uh, social snafu that we can talk our way out of with the whole wife swapping thing. Well, of course, we can but, always uh, talk our way out of it. Right, right. But we'll have to leave that for next time. And then we'll see what this Nyagwahe is all about, this naked bear. And we'll see if you end up staying here happily ever after or whether circumstances mean you'll have to go back to Norway. Well, surely this creature is no Wendell. Surely he's no Wendell. Wendell was pretty awful. So hopefully, if it's just truly a naked bear, how bad could it be? Good. Hopefully it's just a small black bear with mange. It makes it look naked. Or it's a... I'm sure that's all it is. Or, or alopecia. It's, <laughs> it's alopecia, and it's... I prefer everyone would not make fun of it. Yeah. Now, it's a naked bear, Nyagwahe. 
and uh, we'll see what he's like next time. Uh, Goonies World. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world. And check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.